My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hi again, everybody. Welcome back to All the Hard Things. Thanks for joining me for another episode Um, right now, this is, so it is November 3rd, 2020 and it's election night and it feels weird right now to be in my side office while the polls are literally actively running right now. Um, it feels weird to be doing this and talking about something completely different and like off base from the election, but I thought about it and I'm like, We've already done a podcast episode on election anxiety. I already have a podcast about it. I already have a a blog about it. There are so many awesome resources out there, how to handle the election anxiety and the uncertainty and kind of everything that may happen afterwards. So maybe it's good for us to just try to focus on something else too. Um, I know it will be good for me too, even though it feels a little bit weird right now. Um, because having just come off of Halloween weekend, I'm hearing from some of you that there are some other like evil things kind of hanging out in your homes right now. And by that, I mean candy and a lot of sugary items. So again, it's timely because we just celebrated Halloween a couple days ago. And whether that's for your kids, primarily that's problematic because you have kids around and you know, the concept of kids and sugar and parenting and all of that can be really, really challenging for parents to navigate. It's also just in your home, right? Like even, and even if you don't have kids, right? Like you're inundated with it in the grocery store, it's probably all over your like work offices or in the schools. And so, yeah. So I, I just wanted to give you guys in this episode a rundown of all of the nasty messages that we've been given over the past several years, kind of forever, about candy, about sugar, how these messages have affected us as individuals and also as parents, if some of you are parents who are listening. And I want to give you guys some new ways of navigating candy and navigating sugar and how to handle it in our lives and how to handle it in your children's lives as parents. Also, hopefully some practical tips for being more relenting to these temptations of candy and sugar and allowing them to just exist in our lives because whether we like it or not, that's going to be there. Um, We can, you know, restrict and restrict and restrict and control and control and control, but that candy and that sugar is always going to be there. Um, so just trying to identify some 
new ways for you, some new perceptions and interpretations for you as to how to navigate sugar, navigate candy, and all of that good stuff. Moving away from feeling like these things are threatening or dangerous and that we need to control them, and instead trying to just accept them as part of our environment and actually learn to celebrate them, especially when it comes to things like holidays, because we just rolled off of Halloween, but soon we'll have Thanksgiving and then there's Christmas and it's always going to be something. So as some of you know, I am a certified personal trainer, but I'm not a registered dietitian. So as a personal trainer, I can't give dietary advice. I can't give one-on-one like nutritional support or anything like that, but I do feel like it's my duty to kind of help spread and help educate what I know to be just kind of available information um, that's out there and that I've been consuming that's more evidence-based as far as the dietary recommendations and all of that good stuff. Um, I want to be able to provide that for you guys. So if any of this information doesn't resonate with you, that's fine. Um, if you've listened to some of my previous podcast episodes in the past, for example, the spirituality one, kind of the intersection between spirituality and mental health, you know I'm really big on the concept of eat the fruit, spit out the seeds. So if there's something in here that doesn't really resonate with you or you disagree, try not to just cancel out the whole message that I'm trying to get across. Try to, you know, take what works for you and leave the rest by all means. So first things first, I want to get into messages that we've received over the years as individuals and as parents about candy and about sugar. The big one here is obviously that sugar is bad, um, that you have to be smart on holidays, that you have to plan ahead for holidays, that you have to do like smart and healthy swaps. Um, I remember last year at the gym, like all of our social media and in the gym, there were tons of images and tons of graphics about how like a Kit Kat equals how many burpees and a Butterfinger equals this many miles. And it's like, it just, it feels like the conversation has shifted over time. Thank God, because now I'm seeing the same images, like with the Kit Kat, with the Butterfinger. And instead of it saying like burpees and sprints, it's saying like, you don't have to win your candy. (laughs) Like, stop ruining candy for all of us. You don't have to win your food with exercise. And I'm so glad that these messages are coming out. But it is such a huge shift. And it's only really, I think, taken place like within the past year where I feel like people are becoming more knowledgeable and people are becoming more... um, rejecting of toxic diet culture and toxic fitness culture. Um, But unfortunately, I think it's going to take a long time for our brains and our perceptions to really catch up. Um, The messages are changing, but it's going to take a long time for our brains to kind of catch up and undo all the negativity that we've been fed, literally like all the messages that we've been given over the course of several years. Um, just the toxic nature of diet culture and the toxic nature of fitness culture. It's going to take a while for that to kind of set in. So let's start first with, again, some just messages that we've been given about sugar and candy in particular. So again, 
holidays, especially Halloween, can bring about a lot of dread for some of us, especially parents. So it brings about issues like, what about all the all the sugar they're going to be consuming as far as the kids go? Um, how much should I let my kids have? What are some healthier alternatives? Um, if you specifically, just as an individual outside of parenting, like if you're on a diet or you're wanting to lose weight, um, if you're wanting to change the way that you look or whatever, you may be overly conscientious of things like holiday parties and you might dread them. You might view them as being threatening or dangerous instead of being able to kind of look forward to them or even view them more neutrally, you're looking, you know, you're kind of looking towards them with this like anticipatory anxiety and having to plan and prepare and all of that stuff. So whether we're monitoring candy or sugar for ourselves and our own goals, or whether we're trying to like control and restrict it from our children, we do have good intentions. And I want to put that out there for the parents, especially. It's okay to want to make the best decisions for your own health, and it's okay to want to make the best decisions for your children's health. It's just that we've been given messages that being all hyped up on sugar is going to lead to all these negative outcomes and all these negative consequences, like weight gain and hyperactivity and all these other kind of like neuro consequences that we generally don't want to see in ourselves or in our children. So as a result, what we end up doing is either limiting ourselves or limiting our children from having these candies or having the sugar or having these dessert items because we don't want all of those supposed outcomes or consequences. And instead, what we really should be doing is not restricting the Halloween candy. We should not be restricting and withholding completely, you know, sugar or candy or anything like that by restricting these goods on Thanksgiving or restricting candy on Halloween or whatever, we are not allowing our children or ourselves to have the opportunity to kind of learn to embrace these things as part of the event and part of the normalized experience. Research shows again and again and again and again that restriction of foods actually leads to increased urges of wanting to binge on these foods and actual occurrences of binging on these food items. So we restrict these items from ourselves by saying things like no chocolate, no sugar, no eating after 7 p.m. And while that's really good intentioned, what we end up doing for ourselves and what we end up doing to our children consequently is that we end up leading to increased binges. We end up leading to a lot of really disordered eating patterns and a lot of disordered eating behaviors. So we just go nuts on the candy and we feel like we need it more and more and more. The best way I've seen this described is how when COVID first hit, a lot of us felt this urge to go and stock up on things like toilet paper and meat and canned items and food. That feeling of lack and like that it was going to be restricted or withheld from us made us feel that we needed to go out and get more and get more and get more and get more. Even though we didn't really objectively need more toilet paper, that lack mentality that we had or that we were given made us feel like we need to go, go, go. We need to get, get, get. We just, you know, we needed to get rid of that lack mentality and it, it freaked us out into scarcity mode and we had to go and 
become more abundant in it. Our bodies essentially go through the same thing when we restrict these candy items or these sugar items when we say to ourselves or our children that we can't have it. So when we restrict candy from our children and from ourselves, we actually make it a million times more powerful. We make that sugar, we make that candy a million times more exciting and more lustful and forbidden and something that we want more and that our children want even more of than if we were to just kind of be neutral about it and let them have it whenever they want or in whatever excess they want. So it's kind of like an OCD treatment for obsessive compulsive disorder. So something that comes up a lot in the manifestation of OCD and in the worsening of OCD is something that we call thought suppression. So this idea of don't think about a white elephant. Whatever you do, don't think about a white elephant. If you think about a white elephant or if you have a thought about a white elephant, something bad is going to happen, so on and so forth. What ends up happening is you're good intentioned. You are wanting and intending to not have that thought about a white elephant. But consequently, what happens because you're trying to suppress the thought, you are actually having more frequency of those thoughts in the first place than if you were to just let that thought kind of come and go. So thought suppression is going to lead to more of that thought. Consequently, by thinking, don't eat that candy, don't even look at it, don't go near it, don't whatever, we're still actually thinking about it. In fact, we're thinking about it more and we're making ourselves crave it more and we're just perpetuating the focus on that thing. As a result of that, we're going to end up eating more and more of the candy and we're going to have a really unhealthy relationship with it. Now, on the flip side, I understand it's also not healthy or functional to just let kids eat all day, every day what they want as far as candy and sugar go or to do that to ourselves. So before we get into the flip side and kind of the practical things that I think we can be doing to keep ourselves in balance and how to keep our kiddos in balance, I'm going to take a quick break while I tell you about one of my favorite products going to go take a sneak peek at the election outcomes right now, and then we'll get back into it right after this. I'm so excited to share with you guys a planner that I've had for months now, and now I have an absolutely incredible offer so that you can enjoy it with me. I've tried yearly planners, blank diaries, and everything in between, all the way from back when I was in high school. Silk and Sonder is the perfect planner that I've been waiting for for years. Silk and Sonder is a self-care monthly planner and journal subscription service, including monthly, weekly, and daily planning pages, plus activities that change each month and are targeted to help with your self-care. You'll get coloring pages, recipes, habit trackers, journaling prompts, and more. Silk and Sonder offers monthly, quarterly, annual, and gift subscriptions. It's the first ever monthly planning experience aimed to empower you to live the life that you've always wanted. Inspired by a new theme each month, they hand curate, design, and deliver each issue straight to your doorstep. You'll love each month's blend of productivity and planning, introspection and mindfulness, and lifestyle content. I've been using mine for months, and I'll honestly never go back to a regular planner ever again. For 25% off your order, head to my website at jennaoverbaugh.com and click on deals. 
All right, we're back at it. And before the break, we finished up by talking about what happens when we restrict these food items, specifically candy and sugar. And when that happens, we just end up wanting more and more of it because we have that, we establish that lack mentality and we go into like COVID-19 toilet paper mode in Costco. (laughs) But we want to know also what to do on the flip side, because like I mentioned, we don't want to just give in relentlessly and give unlimited amounts of this sugar and of this candy, because that's also not healthy to do to ourselves or to our children. So like most things in life, It's going to come down to balance and it's going to come down to a case by case kind of consideration. And it's going to come down to that like gray area versus black or white, meaning you give it to them all the time in whatever quantities they want and with no conditions whatsoever. And the other aspect of it, which is no candy, no sugar at all ever. So that's where I feel like something called intuitive eating comes into play. If you haven't heard of intuitive eating before, intuitive eating is essentially a framework around dieting and eating that encourages the use of instinct for decision-making about the consumption of food. So it's an evidence-based model, and there's tons and tons of research to back it up. It was created by two dietitians several years ago, and it's not a diet. It actually is like the anti-diet. It doesn't go off of meal plans or anything like that. It doesn't have anything to do with willpower or discipline. And rather, it's just kind of like the principles of things like honoring your hunger and feeling your fullness and a couple other things that I'm going to go over. So some of the principles of intuitive eating include, like I mentioned, one, honoring your hunger, two, feeling your fullness, and three, making peace with food. There are a lot of other principles, but those are kind of my favorite and the ones that I think are really, really important and relevant to this conversation. So I think these behaviors, like I mentioned, like having sugar and allowing candy can exist on a spectrum. And while we definitely don't want to give ourselves or give our children this unlimited and totally unmonitored access to sugar, nor do we want to do that to ourselves. We also can't continue to put these unrealistic and really, really restrictive, unhealthy limits on them either, because that leads to so much guilt, that leads to so much shame, and honestly, more binging and more eating disordered behaviors, as I mentioned. So there are some practical things that we can do for ourselves and for our children to help make the relationship with candy and sugar a little more functional and enjoyable for the whole family. And these are things that you can do for yourself too if you don't have children. So one is to reject the diet mentality. Dieting is a huge problematic mindset that really drives further disordered eating habits so that the idea of going on a diet rather than a lifestyle and making lifestyle changes is really, really dangerous. So If you try or want to try a diet on or near Halloween or any other kind of significant event or celebration, you're likely just going to be focusing on the food and how you can't have that food and how this isn't working out for you. And you're going to be lost in the moment. Like you're you're not going to be able to enjoy the moment. You're not actually going to be able to enjoy the event. And that's going to be one more way that food has overtaken your ability to enjoy something. That's one more way that the food and the anxiety around food has been given access to the driver's seat 
versus just being a passenger or being in the back seat even. That's the food getting in the driver's seat, and that's when the red flags for me start to go off. So again, rejecting the diet mentality. Two is respecting your fullness. So paying attention to the signals that your body is providing. Instead of eating and filling the and you know clearing the plate like many of us have been taught to do, or continuing to eat just because we feel like we absolutely have to, um, it's more so about just listening to your body and identifying what it feels like to feel satisfied and full. So when your body is sending you signals that you're satisfied and full, try to make that your main navigator as to whether you stop eating or whether you continue to have some more bites. So it's not necessarily whether you feel like you should or shouldn't eat a food item, like it's good or it's bad, or it has this many calories, or I already had one of those today. It's just about listening to your body and to trying trying to respect your fullness and your satisfaction levels at any given time. So if you want to eat the food item and if you feel like you're truly not full and you're not satisfied in that moment, then eat the damn piece of candy. (laughs) Like just eat it. (laughs) And if you can tell yourself, like, no, I'm full, I'm satisfied, then we need to be honoring that, putting the candy down and moving on. And then the third one here that I think would be really helpful is challenging the food police. So we need to stop identifying foods as being bad or good or safe or unsafe. They're food. Foods serve different purposes. They're not right or wrong. So trying to catch yourself engaging in these negative in illogical thought patterns as it relates to food because it just perpetuates so many other negative beliefs and so many other negative thought systems around food and dieting and how we perceive ourselves and our bodies really. So eating a piece of candy isn't a black or white issue of it of being either all good or all bad. Cutting out entire foods or food groups is just going to increase your cravings for them and drain your energy. Um, you're literally just going to want this food or candy item more and more and more because you're qualifying it as being bad or good or safe or unsafe. And the more you can just acknowledge food as being neutral, your brain is going to think of it less one way or the other, right? Like it's just going to be a little bit neutral, which is kind of what we want. You can simply approach food and candy and view them as being candy and being food for what they are knowing that this is all about balance and you can make whatever decisions you want. So parenting and celebrations these days can already be challenging enough, especially with the pandemic going on, especially with traveling and family members and all those other things. Cravings and sugar and dieting should not not be something else that you're adding to your plate. No pun intended. Um, these events, especially celebrations and holidays and all that, like they're great opportunities to have fun with other people and to be mindful. And it's important to remember that one holiday and one, you know, piece of candy here and there is not going to derail your goals and it's not going to derail the whole entire trajectory of your child's behavior or your child's well-being. So we I just want people to feel like they can have these candy items if they want. (laughs) And again, like it's a kind of a radical concept, but you can have these candy items anytime you want. Like you don't have to wait for trick or treat 
for your can for your for your children to go out and get all this candy so that you can have a Reese's cup. Like you can drive to the store and get a Reese's cup anytime that you want. <laughs> your brain doesn't have to be in Costco toilet paper mode when it comes to food. You can go and get a cheesecake or a piece of pie or a dessert or chips or anything that you want. Like they're readily available and they are in excess in our world. There's no right or wrong choices. It's just a matter of whether these choices either go along and coincide with your goals or whether they don't go along and they don't coincide with your goals. And that's completely up to you and your family and nobody else. So as we wrap up Halloween, and like I said, probably have candy all over your house, all over your office and wherever you are, try to challenge those thoughts of candy being bad or unsafe or, you know, got to stay away from them. They're threatening. They're dangerous. It's candy and you can have it anytime you want. (laughs) Know that the research continues to back up and support the idea again and again that forbidden fruit tastes sweeter. All right. This concept that whenever we reject something, especially food, and the more that we restrict it from ourselves and from our kids, the more we want it, the more our kids want it. So instead, I'm hopeful that you can take a more mindful eating approach, a more intuitive-based eating approach to try to have a better relationship with these items. And by not restricting, we actually promote moderation for ourselves and for our kids, and they learn how to regulate these things. Because like I referenced earlier, candy and sugar is not going anywhere. And we want our kids to be able to not be that kid who like escapes to their friend's house and just binges on food that we don't allow, right? Like they'll find it somewhere and we have to help them have the skills to kind of regulate that and be in the presence of these items, which again, aren't good or bad or safe or unsafe, but to make those decisions based on how full they are. Do they really actually want it? Do they need that right now? So on and so forth. So Again, policing these items for yourself or for your children just drives up the desire to consume these candy items more and more and more. So some last pieces of advice here include just trying to enjoy the holidays as much as you can, trying to enjoy special occasions as much as you can, Um, trying to challenge that food police, as they say, in the intuitive eating world. Trust that it's okay to have these items for yourself and for your children if you have them. No, your child will stop eating the candy when they're full. They're not going to eat until they vomit, (laughs) more than likely. And know that as we normally have these items and we try to have a more neutral relationship with these items, we allow ourselves to have them. We allow our children to enjoy them. We are, you know, doing what we can to make sure that we actually don't contribute to more eating disordered patterns in the future. And we are teaching them and teaching ourselves kind of how to regulate and kind of how to make those decisions on a case-by-case basis based on what the, what the event is calling for, how full we are in the moment, how satisfied we are in the moment, and basically being able to do what we want in the moment without having to feel like it's good or bad or dangerous or safe or whatever. So I hope this helps you feel like there are not as many sources of evil in your household. Um, And again, it's not 
try to think of it as existing on a spectrum. It's not like we just go all in and we allow ourselves unmonitored kind of binging on these items. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that we don't want to be in lack mode. We don't want to be in total restriction mode either because as I've mentioned several times now, that just drives up the desire for that item even more. And really the goal here is to learn how to be more intuitive, to be more mindful, and to be more regulated when these things are around us. So let me know if this was helpful. Um, We're running out of candy here in our house, so I don't think it'll last that much longer. (laughs) Um, So that's it for this episode, guys. Thank you for hanging with me. Um, I'll be following this one up here with maybe some more personal training stuff. I, this was kind of the first episode that I delved into some of that stuff. So let me know what you thought of it. Let me know if you have any questions and until next time, keep doing all the hard things. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.